Thank you, Peter, and thank you all. It's a joy to be here today. My wife, Katie, sends her greetings. Our little girl, Ruth, is not well today, coughing still. But Katie and Caleb, also our new little one, two months old, they're very sad they missed today. But always a joy to be here, to rejoice with you in the wonderful heritage that we have. I want to start with a quotation from a verse that was very dear to the pilgrims. Very important for Thanksgiving, the, the psalm of Thanksgiving, it is sometimes called, or the pilgrim psalm, Psalm 107, that so beautifully walks through the pilgrim story. It talks about the pilgrim who was seeking uh, a refuge, wandering in the wilderness uh, without a home to dwell, and then the prisoner in chains, and then the sufferer in the time of sickness. And then the sailor uh, on the sea, they go down to the sea, they stagger to and fro like a drunken man. And in every case, the Bible says, then they called unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their, uh, from their oppressor, from their suffering. And there's a repeated refrain, oh, that men might praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works unto the children of men to thank God for who he is and for what he does. For the pilgrims, although especially this time of year, we often use the phrase, and I think it's important and a good one, to talk about the first Thanksgiving, when the pilgrims famously met with the Indians to observe a period of a three-day festival, to thank God for the bountiful harvest and for his goodness, It's important for us to remember this. For the pilgrims, Thanksgiving was not an event. Thanksgiving was a way of life. Thanksgiving was something they did on a daily basis in every circumstance. And I'm going to illustrate that uh, this afternoon by reading from the account of William Bradford eight separate occasions when the pilgrims gave thanks even when things were not good. You know, the Psalm 107 opens, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endureth forever. I'm going to make a little bit of a confession here. I have realized over these past few months that I have often misused the phrase, God is good. If someone asks me how I'm doing, I will say, well, God has been really good recently. We just gave birth to a little son. Uh, All is well. But then... I began to realize when I say God is good to me recently, that's almost implying that if if that was not the case, if my son was taken in infancy, when my daughter is sick like she is today, is God still good? We know that he is. Theologically, we know that to be true. But to actually give him thanks in the trouble is the challenge. And this afternoon, as we look at this topic, Thanksgiving among the pilgrims, we're going to walk through the first year of their time in the new world and see eight occasions when, in spite of adverse circumstances, in spite of death, in spite of war, in spite of tragedy, they continue to give thanks. The fact that they gave thanks when things were bad makes their thanksgiving when things are good all the more genuine. If we can't thank God 
when things are bad, then we really can't thank him honestly when things are good. Thanksgiving for the pilgrims was a way of life because God is good in every circumstance and always. Eight events we're going to look at in the first year of their existence, and I'm going to read a little bit from Of Plymouth Plantation. The first I want to look at is the time that the Speedwell, that is the pilgrim's own ship, had to depart and go back to port because it was deemed unseaworthy. The pilgrims had two ships originally. One they actually owned, and that was the Speedwell. The Mayflower was a hired ship. The intention was that the Mayflower, of course, would go back to England, but the Speedwell would stay in the New World, be able to make runs up and down the coast. They originally were intending to go to Virginia, and they could visit other settlements. They could get supplies. They could send back for other passengers, and that would be their means of transportation. Imagine the heartbreak, the disappointment, when again... The master of the Speedwell determined, in spite of already weeks that had been lost in mending her, the Speedwell had to go back and was deemed completely unseaworthy. They could have grumbled. They could have given up entirely already. It was getting toward the fall. The season for sailing was past. They knew they were going to face difficulty in the new world. And now with only one ship, and that ship was going to depart, leaving them stranded on a new continent. But here's what William Bradford wrote. Those that went back were mostly such as were willing to do so, either from discontent or fear of the ill success of the voyage, seeing they had met with so many crosses, and the year was far spent. Others, owing to their weakness, and having many young children, were thought least useful and most unfit to bear the brunt of this arduous adventure, to which work of God and the judgment of their brethren they were contented to submit. When things do not go your way, are you willing to submit? Bradford mentions two things, to the work of God and to the judgment of their brethren. It's easier to submit to the work of God than it is to submit to the judgment of your brethren. But some were decided, this one's going to stay, that one's going to go. They could have murmured, but Bradford said this, and thus, like Gideon's army, this small number was divided as if the Lord thought these few too many for the great work which he had to do. They thanked God even in this circumstance thanked him that some had to go back, and even in that disappointment, the pilgrims saw that God had their good in mind, and they were able to give him thanks for it. The second circumstance, when they were trapped in Cape Cod, the pilgrims originally set out for Virginia. There they would have had neighbors They would have had an existing uh, government under which to live. They would have had protection. There would have been uh, unity to combat threats like the Indians. But by the providence of God, the storms blew them off their course to the northward to the Cape of Cod. And if you're familiar with the map of Massachusetts, you see that rocky arm that goes up As they tried to leave the Cape of Cod and tried to sail to the southward, originally trying for Virginia, 
uh, we mean that in a broad sense. Virginia was not a state, of course. Virginia was an area, and it included the Hudson River, where New York City now is. The pilgrims were intending to go there. And Bradford says this, when they were not able to go where they wanted, to be brief, after long beating at sea, on November 11th, they fell in with a part of land called Cape Cod, at which they were not a little joyful. After some deliberation amongst themselves and with the captain, they tacked about and resolved to stand for the southward, the wind and weather being fair, to find some place near Hudson's River for their habitation. But after they had set course about half a day, they met with dangerous shoals and roaring breakers. And as they conceived themselves in great danger, the wind falling, they resolved to bear up again for the Cape and thought themselves happy to get out of danger before night overtook them. Having found a good haven and being brought safely in sight of land, they fell upon their knees and blessed the God of heaven who had brought them over the vast and furious ocean and had delivered them from the perils and miseries of it to set their feet upon the firm and stable earth their proper element. They had just received the news that they were not going to go where they planned. Rather than grumbling and complaining, they set their face with courage to the land where God in his providence had set them. And they had a thanksgiving. The first thanksgiving was not in the fall of 1621. We could say that their experience in the new world began with thanksgiving. It was a way of life for them. It was not a moment. It was not a festival. It was not a feast day. It was something that they learned by the hard necessities of life to do every day, knowing that God is good. If they had gone where they wanted, there would not have been a Mayflower Compact. God always knows what he is doing. And if we will trust him, if we will give thanks then we will learn what the pilgrims did. Number three, when they found corn, as they first began to explore the arm of the Cape, they made some pretty startling discoveries in those early expeditions. On one occasion, William Bradford stepped into a deer snare, and Bradford himself got his foot caught. It was a very ingenious system. Uh, suddenly, as they were walking down the trail, Bradford was hanging upside down by an ankle. And to the great amusement, uh, they say, of his companions. And to his chagrin, they had to help him down, or else he would have been hanging there to the end. They found some unusual things. Moving on, they found a grave. Very cautiously peering in, they found to their astonishment uh, that it was the bones of a European. He had yellow hair, and they did not know any Indians with yellow hair. Imagine how that would make your blood run cold, exploring a new land. But rather than focusing on the bad, on the Indians that they knew were lurking in the woods, watching them perhaps, they had some, uh, some unusual sounds that they were hearing, rather than being terrified, they thanked God for the good they did find. Sure, they had found the bones of a European and knew that maybe themselves were going to follow them. But... Here is what Bradford says, as they found a basket of corn. Many of us, 
To be honest, if we found a basket of corn, we'd say, I'll let the Indians have it. But here's what Bradford said. It is to be noted a special providence of God and a great mercy to this poor people that they thus got seed to plant corn the next year. They were hoping to plant beans, peas, all the European produce. They found out it did not grow too well in that soil. It was the Indian corn upon which their livelihood was based. Are you willing to thank God for a basket of corn? He said, nor is it likely that they would have got it if this first voyage had not been made, for the ground was soon all covered with snow and frozen hard. But the Lord was never wanting unto his people in their great need. Let his holy name have all the praise. Again, thanksgiving among the pilgrims. It was a way of life that they practiced daily. Number four. Uh, when they were delivered at First Encounter Beach. It was not long before the Indians did attack. Going to bed one night, uh, they heard an unusual sound in the woods. Stephen Hopkins, who had been to the New World before, uh, nervously assured his companions that it was wolves. The next morning, they found out it was not wolves. Wolves don't shoot arrows. They were attacked by arrows, by an unearthly howling, And uh, their matchlock muskets were not, the fuse was not lit, which meant they were no better than carrying sticks. While one of the pilgrims ran to the campfire to get uh, a burning ember to light the other's matches, Miles Standish alone with his newfangled, very modern weapon, a snaphaunce, which would be very outdated to us. It was the most technological wonder that they could have, a flintlock that actually could fire without being uh, a match being lit. He kept the Indians at bay until the others could get their guns working. And in that occasion, rather than being discouraged, rather than going back to the ship, what did they do? They had been surprised. They had been outwitted. They were outnumbered. They were outgunned. They found out that their weapons were not as reliable as they hoped. And thus, they say, though uh, William Bradford said this, thus it pleased God to vanquish their enemies. They hadn't killed a single Indian, but they were willing to trust that God was protecting them even in this crisis. And by his special providence, so to dispose that not one of them was hit, though the arrows came close to them on every side. And some of their coats, which were hung up in the barricade, were shot through and through. Afterwards, they gave God solemn thanks. Thanksgiving among the pilgrims was a way of life. And praise for their deliverance and gathered up a bundle of arrows and sent them to England by the captain of the ship. They called the place the First Encounter. You can still today visit uh, First Encounter Beach where this first battle took place. Number five, when they settled upon Plymouth Harbor as their place of settlement, it is not unusual to have disunity even among people that mostly agree. And you better believe it, on the Mayflower, there was a lot of dissension. Even among where to settle, William Bradford wanted one place. Stephen Hopkins wanted another. Miles Standish thought that Stephen Hopkins' choice was indefensible. They wouldn't be able to hold off the Indians there. 
There was a wild variety of opinions over where they should settle, where they should build, what should be their strong point. Have you ever had that in a church, in a family? Sure. It is part of life. But here is what Bradford had to say upon the choosing of Plymouth Harbor. It was not the best place, believe me. In fact, later on, they looked around at other places on the coast and they said, why did we come here? They later moved to Duxbury, where there was uh, better water, better food supplies. But Bradford says this, God gave them a morning of comfort and refreshing, as he doth to his children. For the next day was a fair, sunshining day, and they found they were on an island secure from the Indians. This is Clark's Island in Plymouth Harbor, where they could fix their arms and rest themselves and give God thanks. Again, that phrase. It was a way of life. Give God thanks for his manifold mercies in their deliverance. This being the last day of the week, they prepared to keep the Sabbath there. On Monday, they sounded the harbor and found it fit for shipping and marched inland. They found several cornfields and little running brooks, a place, as they supposed, fit for a settlement. And then this phrase, remember this, Bradford says, at least it was the best they could find. Are you willing to give God thanks when you don't get your choice? When the church votes against you, when your father or your mother, young people, make a decision that you don't like, the pilgrims knew what that was like. But Bradford says, by common consent, this was the best place we could find. In their present necessity, he says, they were thankful for it. So they returned with this news to the rest of the people aboard the ship, which cheered them gladly. They did not know it at the time, but God had brought them to the very spot, the only spot on the coast that was not at, the, at that present time claimed by one of the tribes. A place where Patuxet had once stood, where the Indians had all died because of a plague, and where there was a place open for settlement. God knows better than we. Number six, when they, had, when they were struck with sickness, are you able to see the good when you are sick and miserable? Bradford learned to give God thanks then. He says, but soon a most lamentable blow fell upon them. In two or three months, half of their company died, partly owing to the severity of the weather, especially in January and February and the want of houses and other comforts, partly to scurvy and other diseases, which their long voyage and incommodious quarters had brought upon them. Of all the hundred odd persons, scarce fifty remained. Half casualties. One out of two died in that first winter, sometimes taking entire families. There were only four adult women that survived the winter. Sickness that made the COVID pandemic look like a mild case of the sniffles. Imagine what Dr. Fauci would have said on board the Mayflower. <laughs> Things were desperate. He says, of these people, in the times of worst distress, there were but six or seven sound persons who, to their great commendation be it spoken, spared no pains night or day, but with great toil and at risk of their own health, fetched wood, made fires, 
prepared food for the sick, made their beds, washed their infected clothes, dressed and undressed them. In a word, did all the homely and necessary services for them, which dainty and queasy stomachs cannot endure to hear mentioned. And all this they did willingly and cheerfully, without the least grudging, showing their love to their friends and brethren, a rare example and worthy to be remembered. Rather than moaning about the sickness or the loss of his own wife, as Bradford could have done, what did he do? He gave God thanks for those brave souls, and he names two of them, Miles Standish, William Brewster, who were willing to wring out dirty laundry and to do those duties for their fellow men. He was able to see the good in it, That sickness bound the pilgrims together. It's one thing to love your brother when he smells good, when he looks nice, and when you don't have to go home with him. But when you're all in cramped quarters and he is vomiting on you, love takes on a new dimension. And what did Bradford do? He thanked God for the love of his brothers. Thanksgiving was a way of life. Number seven, when Squanto came, they could have been fearful. They could have been suspicious. Some of them were. Some of them didn't even want Squanto or or Samoset to sleep inside the fort. What if he's a spy? Here's what Bradford said. He said, Squanto stayed with them and was their interpreter and became a special instrument sent of God for their good. Next time a stranger comes to you, remember that they might be a special instrument of God. Be careful, certainly. Keep on your guard. Uh, Keep your matchlock lit. But never forget to give God thanks, even for people you don't understand and don't necessarily like. He was a special instrument of providence. And then finally, the first Thanksgiving. You know, if without the first seven occurrences, this one would mean nothing. If they did not thank God at the deathbed of their wives and children, If they did not thank God after they were driven away from the place they wanted to settle, if they did not thank God on the shores of First Encounter Beach when they were almost murdered by the Indians, then their thanksgiving in 1621 would mean nothing. More hardships were to come. A few weeks after the first Thanksgiving, another boat was coming, the Anne. They were happy to see their friends, but when they said, "Uh, where's the stuff you brought with you? There was nothing. They did not come with supplies. And so another hard winter. In fact, it was not as bad for sickness, but the second winter was even worse for starvation. There were more troubles to come, but because... Thanksgiving was a way of life and not an event. They were prepared to thank God in every circumstance. He says at that first ingathering in 1621, what we call the first Thanksgiving, thus they found the Lord to be with them. And a phrase I've never noticed until studying for this uh, event. They found the Lord to be with them in all their ways. I'd never noticed that before. That means that when they were sick, they knew the Lord was with them. When they were driven off course, they knew the Lord was with them. 
and to bless their outgoings and incomings, for which let his holy name have the praise forever to all posterity. They began now to gather in the small harvest that they had, and to prepare their houses for the winter, being well recovered in health and strength, and plentifully provisioned. For while some were thus employed in affairs away from home, others were occupied in fishing for cod, bass, and other fish, of which they caught a good quantity. That's something our family has learned to incorporate into Thanksgiving. It was not just turkey the pilgrims ate. I hope you have a good cod or a good bass on your table (laughs) this Thanksgiving. Lobster, too, and uh, shellfish, of which they caught good quantity, every family having their portion. I'm glad you do. (laughs) It's a great thing. All that summer there was no want, and now as winter approached, wild fowl began to arrive, of which there were plenty when they came here first, although afterwards they became more scarce. As wildfowl, they got abundance of wild turkeys, besides venison. Each person had about a peck of meal a week. Since the harvest, Indian corn in that proportion, and afterwards many wrote at length about their plenty to their friends in England. Not feigned, but true reports. Those who thank God in want are on praying grounds to thank God in plenty. Thanksgiving among the pilgrims, it was not an event. It was a way of life. And I hope it is for us. Lord, we thank you for the pilgrims. Thank you for thanksgiving among them. Lord, that in their hardships, they were willing to thank the Lord, not because things were good, but because God is good. Lord, may we get our eye off of our circumstance and onto our Heavenly Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. A joy to be with you as always.